Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am talking with Gina Gutierrez, an empathy-driven entrepreneur with her sights set on a reimagining and prioritizing female pleasure. With a psychology degree from Duke and as a co-founder and chief creative officer at Dipsy, a people-powered story studio that produces a wide range of erotic, female-focused audio content. Gina has a desire to break the stigma that fantasy should be stifled, and she is ready to help women everywhere tap in to their sexual powers. Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I'm living a dream. Just hearing <laughs> you say all the things about Dipsy was very fun for me. Yeah, I am so excited. I think Dipsy is so cool. Um, how did you come – how did you get here into this yeah. work? People ask this a lot because my background wasn't in making erotica, that's for sure, but it wasn't even in media production. Um <laughs> So, you know, you shared that I studied psychology at Duke and I've always really cared about what people like and why they do what they do and people's little quirks, what really gets people going. And I was curious, even back in college, about why sex wasn't as great as it could be for so many of my female friends. Um, I remember really distinctly, one of my best friends came back from a night with this guy she was so excited about. And she was like, I just don't get it. I really like him. Like, why, why isn't this as great as it could be? I feel like it could be better. And I asked her what she was thinking about during sex. And she looked at me like I had four heads <laughs> and she was like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I get that. But we're so conditioned to believe that sex is purely physical and it's not a mental or emotional experience. And so we're not paying attention to those things. And so that was clear to me even back in college, just being curious with my friends. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I had this idea many years later, it was around when Calm and Headspace were coming out and people were starting to make meditation feel more accessible and audio was clear, clearly awesome for things beyond just information or entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really feel like erotica could be this path because it's storytelling based to help people kind mm -hmm. of get reconnected body and mind and kind of mm -hmm. go with the story and maybe unlock sexuality for women in a way that really hasn't been before. And luckily I found a co-founder who is super data-driven and like read every book about sexuality and was like, wait a minute, this is an amazing idea. And I think without her really driving the train behind my weird insight, it never would have happened. It's amazing. And I am so interested. I told you this in our pre-call, like the fact that your Enneagram type is one, right? Yep. And I, I, we don't typically associate one with pleasure. So was that a journey for you? Did that take? Well, selfishly, it's such a treat for me to talk Enneagram with you because I do love Enneagram and I feel like you are the trove of wisdom. So I'm curious what you think about this. But often when I meet friends and tell them that they should type themselves um, because it's so interesting and it helps them understand themselves and other people, they're a little nervous to get mm -hmm. cast or like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm only this. And what I like to say is, and you can tell me if you think this is right, 
Enneagram's like a buffet. You don't have to pick up every single thing on the buffet. You can just eat what you want to eat. And if you don't like mm -hmm. it, just put it down. Mm -hmm. And I think that that helps people feel more comfortable with it. And I, I say that because yes, I'm definitely a one. Like I definitely think a lot about control and that's a big driver for me. And mm -hmm. I have vision for what's perfect. And sometimes the gap between what is and what I'd like disappoints me and like all those classic one things. But I also have a strong four element. And uh, for those who are like really deep in Enneagram, I guess you know that ones go to fours when they're kind of under stress. But I feel like I go to four also in happy times and in good times. And mm -hmm. I think that that was a huge driver of the, you know, how do we romance our sex lives more? And I think mm -hmm. erotica often is the best answer I found to that. And so that yeah. really appeals to me. And then I think you know, what existed in the space for women before Dipsy arrived wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And that in a very one-ish way really disappointed me. I wanted to make something mm -hmm. better. I wanted to create beautiful experiences and an app that you felt proud to show your friends, you know, and make it really awesome. And so I think those mm -hmm. two things helped make it, help make it happen. Yeah. I love that because I think what you're, what I'm hearing is almost like, well, that wasn't, pleasure is not out of integrity, but totally. the way that I get to do it is aligned with my, you know, that's yes. I think inspiring. Integrity is something that I do think a lot about. Um, mm -hmm. It's like kind of like a new word in my lexicon, but it's a really important one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think um, I know it's not like I didn't have my struggles with what it meant to be an entrepreneur focused on pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, I think that one of the reasons that that's true is probably bigger than even me being a one, which is I think people really struggle with the word pleasure. I think people really struggle with things that are just for them, that that feels inherently wrong or bad, regardless mm -hmm. of sex, just like literally things that give you pleasure and you pleasure mm -hmm. alone can feel not worthy. And mm -hmm. so I, I struggled with that because I want, I want it all to be nice and right and good and whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and that's been a journey. Yeah. So because you know the Enneagram, we kind of get to go into it a little bit. Um, so we we were thinking like doing this by the centers. Does that still feel good? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, sweet. Um, let's start with let's start with you. Let's start with body center. And yeah. So I think the centers of intelligence are really interesting. S similarly to the buffet metaphor, like some of it might resonate and some of it doesn't. But for body centers like me, so ones, eights, nines. Um, mm -hmm you probably feel some level of like, I have good gut, like I know my instincts. Mm -hmm. um, and what I find as it relates to sexuality and shame more particularly, because mm -hmm. unfortunately in our culture, shame is just wrapped up in sexuality. Like that's a very, very common experience. Very few people don't have some sort of connection between those two things. We're all working on it together mm -hmm. <laughs> or we're all working on it independently, but we should work on it together. Um, that with body types, you kind of need to come home to yourself when you're feeling mm. negative affect, regardless of whether it's about sex or not. And mm. one of the things that I've learned and heard, and I think it's really cute and quirky and fun is that like actually weighting yourself, like coming mm. into your body is really helpful. So if you're feeling like you, uh, I don't know, had a one night stand and it's an hour later and you're lying in your bed feeling dread, get under mm. a weighted blanket. If you're feeling like you're having body anxiety with a partner and you don't want to have sex, have them literally lie on top of you, like come mm. into your body with pressure to kind of find yourself again, um, mm. which are weird tips, but try them out and see what you think. Yeah, I love that. I love the 
I think sometimes we think, oh, the body type, they are always in their body. But actually sometimes, right, like it's – you have to remember I, – I, I mean, as a head type, I have to remember I have a body constantly. Totally. But that's not outside of the realm of need for yeah, eight, nine, seven, two ones. sides of the coin. It's like your strength is your – your superpower and your strength is also the thing that you have to kind of support yourself around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And then the, I mean, the head centers, I mean, you could tell me probably better than I could tell you, mm-hmm. but you know, for five, sixes and sevens, I, I think like I hear that it can be driven by like fear or anxiety. Do you know mm-hmm. which, let's call them similar, like they're driven by fear. Yeah. 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 And I think that what you just shared is exactly right. Like people who um, have this center have a harder time remembering that their brain is their body and their body is their brain. Like it's the mm-hmm. same thing. And a lot of suffering can exist in the gap between those two things. Some people have heard of the term disassociation. Um, some people mm-hmm. talk about when they have sex, more likely when they're partnered, even sometimes with themselves, solo sex, that they feel the dissociation. They're like not even fully mm-hmm. there. Um, and so for those types, I think it's important to remember the bothness. And so when you're feeling feelings of shame or you're feeling feelings of disconnect, that you can literally do a simple body scan, which is pretty easy to do anywhere. You could do a body mm-hmm. scan on the subway. You can do a body scan in bed next to a partner. It's pretty easy to do. But like what's happening in your body? You're feeling some feelings. You're having some thoughts. But like are you experiencing sensations in your body too? Is there tightness mm-hmm. in your neck? Is there heat in your belly? And it's just helpful to keep reteaching ourselves that like we are one and the same. Mm. I I had someone tell me one time that like, Sarah Jane, like you are your body. And I was like, I don't – like it, it was like mind blowing for me. Yeah. This like concept that like – like you said, like your head and your body are the same. I know. Like, I just listened to this woman who I wish I remembered her name, but this woman who wrote a book about embodiment on Glennon Doyle's podcast – Oh, Hillary, she's the one who said that to me. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Wow, well, that's amazing. I was like really touched by what she had to say about it. And I was yeah. really touched by what she had to say also about how like for for generations, for, for millennia, it was actually seen as better to not be a body because the body mm-hmm. is a source of suffering and the body is a source of disease and pain and all these things. And so all you should be is a mind. And now we're like, wait a minute, like how far did we walk down that path? Mm-hmm. Um, where we've come to value something culturally that actually isn't really helping us, especially in like more physical domains like sex. Mm. Oof. That's so good. Okay. What about our heart types? So heart types, so twos, threes, fours. Um, I think that the advice might be a little bit different for the types within it, but I think that um, acknowledging that feelings are happening is a really big kind of umbrella truth for those types. Um, letting it just be. And I think for fours, especially you're feeling a feeling, you're feeling shame, you're feeling anxiety, you're feeling fear, you're feeling embarrassment, whatever subset of feelings and just naming it and like helping get yourself some clarity about what it is. Because often we just get like negative, negative soup. We're like, Oh, I feel horrible. (laughs) I don't know what this is, but it feels horrible. And so like starting to piece it apart. I think what I'm feeling is some shame. I think what I'm feeling is some sadness. I actually might be feeling some anger too. It's like helping yourself identify Mm -hmm. that those things are there and then letting them be. They're Mm -hmm. here. Hi. Welcome feelings. (laughs) And for fours especially, it's like, yeah, they're here and they don't actually have to mean that much. Like it's not this big thing. 
you haven't like messed up because you are feeling feelings of shame, for example. I think we really shame ourselves about feeling shame, which is mm-hmm. a cycle that probably every type can relate to. Um, yeah. So that would be a, my advice for that body center or that uh, feeling okay. center. Yeah. I'm so interested in the, you said we shame ourselves for feeling shame. I think that's a hundred percent true. And it kind of reminds me of how we turn like self-care and pleasure sometimes into a to-do list or like, oh, this is how I'm good. If I do this, if I check this off, then I'm like doing the right thing. Absolutely. I think about this a lot. Um, (laughs) The whole like commodification of meditation is another great example. Like (laughs) we were off to a great start. People were starting to try these practices. Wonderful. And then it became this thing where it was like, Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> Sit down. Five minutes. Let's do it. And I think when you take the joy out of things, mm-hmm. you stop wanting to do it. That's kind of inherent. Yeah. And so we think a lot at Dipsy about how to create an experience that makes people not say like, I should do this, but I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think making sure that our stories are sexy and entertaining is obviously a huge part of that. You just, mm-hmm. you like them. So hopefully you come back. Um, but I think that we are in this place right now in the world where, or maybe I'm speaking more like from an American context where we're like optimizing everything and optimizing can really take a lot of the joy out of life. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying that optimizing isn't a good thing. Like I, I make lists and I try and prioritize Mm -hmm. and like we all have limited time, like obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But you should masturbate when you want to (laughs) masturbate. And you should not when you don't want to, and you should yes. have sex when you want to, and you shouldn't when you don't want to. And that's yeah. kind of the whole point of consent, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, that's another thing that's hard, right? Like saying no is hard for people. Pleasure mm-hmm. is like a complicated concept. Do I deserve it? Have I earned it? Am I? Mm-hmm. Is it a zero-sum game where if I feel more of it, other people feel less of it? We feel all those things. Mm-hmm. And then I think also the idea of I get to say no is also really hard, but I have a friend who will say to me when I say, you know, I really can't come to that plan today. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm just too mm-hmm. tired. And she says, thank you for your nose. They help me trust your yeses more. Like, mm-hmm. what? What an amazing thing to tell a friend. And I think mm-hmm. that that connects to this conversation. You know, getting comfortable with all of these things allows us to say yes really fully when we're feeling it and yeah. no when we're not. Yeah. And I think like I, I mean, I'm thinking about like in partnership – saying yes when you really mean no, even in a loving relationship where that consent is there, you know, that you're and like my partner, he's like, the I don't want if you're not into it, I don't want to do it. Like that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, I didn't always have it's not always like that. But like even in that, you know, there's some sort of oh, it's just we've been trained our entire lives to think that like we are replaceable <laughs> as women. Yeah. And I think it's taken so long for pleasure to become be mine, for me to take it as mine. Wow, I don't know why the word replaceable just hit me so hard, but mm-hmm. that is just such a there's so much to unlearn, but that is a heavy mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I completely hear what you're saying. I think none of these topics are black or white, right? Like mm-hmm speaking as a one, hopefully trying to unlearn some of that encoding in me, like none of this is black or white. So exactly what you're saying, like saying yes to sex with a partner when you're not a hundred percent feeling it, but you're 60% feeling it. You're like over the 50% mark is a 
mm-hmm. not problematic or shameful or bad thing. That's not you mm-hmm. not giving consent. Mm-hmm. These are gray areas, right? And so a great example of this is what Dr. Emily Nagoski talks about with responsive desire. For those who are not familiar with that, she went deeply into this kind of experience of sexuality that is more common for women, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that you kind of have a brake and an accelerator as it relates to your sex drive. And um, both can be on at the same time. And uh, when the brake's pressing too hard, you might want to kind of move forward, but it's, it's actually just really not letting you. And so a classic kind of reality for people who experience responsive desire is that they need to feel a soft caress, hear a compliment they really like, feel like the room is the right temperature, feel like they worked out that morning and are feeling confident in their bodies because they have endorphins pumping, whatever your set of things mm-hmm. is, to allow yourself to say yes or to move forward. Mm-hmm. And that a partner can actually be really helpful in being like, hey, I totally get it. You're at 60% right now. Let's just touch and be here together and talk and like see if we get you to 70. Okay, maybe you're at 80. Okay, and then you're driving the train. And um, yeah, like these are the things we have to give ourselves some grace around. If it feels good, and I don't mean feel good like pleasure. I mean, feel good, like feels good in your belly. This feels Mm -hmm. right and good. Great, move towards that. Mm -hmm. And if you're not so sure, listen, don't move yet. Mm -hmm. Think on it. And if you're like, no, then listen to that too. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just relearning, I think, how to listen to the signals of what is good for us. And, you know, the last thing I'll say there is like, I really believe that if you listen to that, you're moving towards something that is good, capital G good, mm-hmm. like moral good, like ethical good. Like we we know yeah. what we need and want to some mm-hmm. level. And we're just refiguring out how to get the signals back. I I think this is so I love that because I think going back to shame around self-pleasure, it was my relationship to myself and my pleasure that helped me to communicate what 60 to 80 could even look like. If I was, when I win, you know, I kind of come from a religious background and I've kind of had to undo a lot of that. And I, when I was afraid of pleasure, afraid of all of these things, I wouldn't be able to tell a partner what felt good, what didn't feel good, what I wanted, what turned me on, what didn't turn me on. And then through my own journey with myself was able to say, now I can say to my husband, here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Here's what I want. Here's what feels good. Here's what's going to get me to a hundred. Yeah. But I think it starts with yourself. Yes. So I am so on board with all of that. And that is also a new topic, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea that we take some responsibility for our own pleasure Mm-hmm. I think can feel a little bit like, oh, really? I take responsibility in every other zone of my life. Like, can't my partner figure it out or can't, you know, not even my partner, like in a long-term monogamous relationship, but like literally any partner, can't they figure mm-hmm. it out? Can't they do it? And I get that. You know, like it's very common in Dipsy where we see that there's like a big preference for stories where the, in a heterosexual story where the male partner is more dominant. And I, my hypothesis is that we're all just like so tired in our lives that we're just like, <laughs> yep. Thank you very much. And in erotica, that's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like a fantasy character can totally do that and know exactly what you want and amazing. Mm-hmm. But in real life, it's not that easy. And we need to take some responsibility for what we like and what we don't. And exactly right. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that is hard. That is mm-hmm. a journey. Making that not feel like work. I mean, good on you if it didn't feel that way, but it is mm-hmm. some work to do. Um, And yeah, I just think about 
back to that college phase, like my friend at 19 was like, yes, this 19 year old boy is going to know exactly what to do <laughs> to yeah. make me feel great. <laughs> Newsflash, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he did not. Spoiler alert. Spoiler uh, alert. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of that book talk trend. Have you seen it where like wives tell their husbands exactly what they want them to do based off of the book they just read? They're like, put your arm up here the way they did in the book. And yep. I think that's so fun. Yeah. So a lot of what we hear with Dipsy is like, Dipsy helps my relationship, even if they're not necessarily listening together mm -hmm. because of exactly that. It's like, oh, like I really like when he does that knee thing where he like slips his knee in between my legs. That's like a classic book talk one. Yeah. Or like I really like when I hear, I don't know, uh, affirmation around this part of my body. And then you kind of have this third object, like a book or a Dipsy story to tell your partner, like, I thought it was really sexy in this thing, which is nice because it kind of makes it a little bit less this is what I need from you <laughs> in mm -hmm, bed. Mm -hmm. a little bit less like, Hey, you're already doing something that I don't like. And I'd like you to change it. It's not like that. It's like, I'm just pointing to something that I liked do with that, what you will. And I mm -hmm. think that's really helpful for couples. Mm -hmm. It depersonalizes what can feel really, really personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder too, gosh, I'm thinking just so much about how unavailable these this was to me growing up, like the, the sense of like, what do I like? What feels good to me? What doesn't feel good to me? And, and it was like, I was just so blind to it that I thought, oh, I'll just know it when it's here or it will, they'll know, or, you know, it'll, we'll figure it out. And I really do think, especially if you're not visually oriented, like I think like a lot of people are visual, right? Like they're turned on by just like seeing people or seeing things. Yeah. Um, if you're not like that and you you it might you might not even ever access your sexuality consciously for years like you could go years without even really understanding what turns you on or what's exciting for you or what's fun for you and then sex is all about the other person right right i'm just kind of here mm -hmm. yeah i think that some of the best learning times as it relates to sex are much later than you might expect. I think people are like actively learning in their thirties, forties, fifties, like people are really figuring out what they want for themselves. And sex is just like an interesting, I think playground is maybe too trite of a word, like classroom for understanding like what relationally we want and what somatically we want. And I'm gonna pause there, there's a garbage truck. Yeah. <laughs> not a quiet morning at my house. <laughs> yeah. Um, once it's gone, I'll start back up. I assume that you'll be able to like cut out my sound while you're talking, right? Okay. I'm so yeah. sorry. It's so loud. Oh, it isn't actually, that was the first thing I've really heard. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's good. It's like funny right now, the amount of cacophony that's happening. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Um, someone was saying, oh, there's an, a, a piece in the New York times about how like, um, somatic intrusion or sorry, not somatic, uh, audio intrusion is like really, really disruptive, like more disruptive than people think. Mm. And even if you like, if you live next to a highway and it's always loud, that's like not great for your like cortisol levels and whatever, but the worst is like loud punctuated sounds. And I was like, Hmm. Maybe yeah. Think about that. I live in a loud place for sure. Yeah. That adds up. Cause like I, one of my things that my therapist was like, you should get noise canceling headphones because I was constantly stressed. Cause we live in like a, 
like pretty small apartment, me and my husband and our kiddo, and they are just like loud And I was like losing my mind. And she was like, well, what if you got headphones? And I changed my life. Like I was like, my stress levels have gone. Wow. From like you work in them. Like mm -hmm. you like spend your day in them. So yeah. All right. That's a good tip. I definitely Mm -hmm. feel like I have times where a party is too loud and I'm like, just purely because of the loudness. Like I can't really enjoy this right now. Yeah. That's fair. What type are you? Head center. I'm a seven. You're seven. I have so many sevens in my life. I have so many sevens and so many eights. I love ones. So that makes sense. And eights too. I just like people that I like can really, I I don't know. I feel like people who are like straightforward and honest. Yeah. And I feel like I get that from eights and ones a lot. I get that. That makes sense. There's something Mm -hmm. like um, inherently trustworthy or something about eights for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then sevens are just fun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Doop, doop, doop. What we were just talking about, we were talking about um, um, unlearning, learning in your 30s or later. In the, yeah. You said there were like years that can pass without knowing these things. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying something like on a somatic level. Oh, yeah. You know, back to the idea that pleasure is a challenging concept. Like, all mm-hmm. right, like I'll download Dipsy, but I'm downloading it because it's helping me with my relationship. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That's great. That's a great reason to listen to Dipsy. Okay, I'll download Dipsy because I think it's really helping me overcome trauma. Amazing. We're so happy we can support you in that way. Okay, I'll download Dipsy because I'm struggling with my sexuality and I want to understand if this is queerness, if I want to explore uh, what's happening. Great. Amazing. Those are all great reasons, but just purely pleasure is a great reason too. Mm-hmm. And I think that starting to pay attention to these things, like you were talking about, you know, people can go years without really paying attention to what's happening and deciding what they like or don't like or investigating that. Mm -hmm. That's a classic scenario, but starting to investigate that inside the kind of playground or classroom of sex can actually have bigger implications outside of the bedroom. And Mm -hmm. that's why Dipsy is important to me and my co-founder, because we realize that when people start to feel more confident in that space, they take that with them outside in their lives. Mm -hmm. When people start to feel more connected to what they like and don't like with sex, they start to feel more somatically understanding of their own experiences Mm -hmm. and unlocks start to happen that are way bigger. And so Mm -hmm. there are many roads to feeling happier and more fulfilled and more connected Mm -hmm. and all these things we all want to feel in our lives. I tend to think that sex, whether it's solo sex or partner sex, is an underutilized path to a lot of these learnings. Wow. Yeah. So I know people are like, I hope people are excited to connect with you more. (laughs) I want people to, I want everyone to get on board. So um, how, let's see, like how first, if, if someone's like, I want to allow room for pleasure. Mm-hmm. I am scared. How do we – do you have any thoughts or ideas for them for where do we kind of start? Yeah. Where do you start is the hardest part. Starting is the hardest mm-hmm. part. It's like getting back into working out. So hard. Mm-hmm. I think that an easy place to start is to do the things that feel good to you in a really small way and pay attention to how that feels. It's helping you figure it out. And make a next step. So what I mean by that is you're in your bedroom, you have a dimmer and you dim the lights to the right dimness that you like. Why do you know what you like? Doesn't matter why. You just know you just like what you like. Okay. And you lie in your bed and you think, I chose these sheets because I really like these sheets. Why exactly? Who cares? These are the sheets for you. You're happy that you chose these sheets. Okay. So you're lying in this place 
and you start to touch your shoulders and be aware that these shoulders are your shoulders. You live in this body and you start to touch other parts of your body. It doesn't have to be sexual, just soft and easy and decide what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And if you're like, this is kind of silly, try some other type of touch. Just move to this place where you're like, okay, when something feels good, I move towards it. And when something feels mm. not as good, I move away from it. And I'm just listening in that way. That's like a really simple practice that can be your own more somatic meditation to start thinking about your body as the home in which you live and that it is deserving of pleasurable touch. Mm. And if that moves into a solo sex practice later, it can be a while. Amazing. You're doing the same thing. What feels good? Do more of it. What doesn't mm. feel as good? Think about it. What you know you don't like, you don't need to do that. That doesn't need to be the move for you even if you read it in a blog post about pleasure, right? I love that. These are really helpful practices. Like this is yeah. your own practice. No one else can tell you exactly what it's like and no other partner mm -hmm. can read your mind. And so you're creating this understanding of yourself that you then can share with someone. And that's a whole other harder step. Dipsy can help with that. Verbalizing what we like is really, really challenging. Verbalizing what we don't mm -hmm. like is also really, really challenging. Hearing it in an erotic story where people are just really good and smooth with things like consent or expressing boundaries or saying what they like and don't like just kind of gives you like a, oh, that's how I could say it. And it sounds normal. It doesn't sound fussy. It doesn't sound demanding. It just sounds easeful. And so you deserve to have blueprints for how to do things. No one knows how to do things without learning from someone. Um, my co-founder and I talk a lot about how we teach kids morality through fables. Like storytelling is the best way yeah. we have to teach people about complicated concepts. This is the same thing. So even if you're not interested in listening to Dipsy to self-pleasure, you can still listen to it to learn. There's a lot of things that you can do to grow your comfort in these spaces slowly. Amazing. I love that. Okay. So how do people, how do people stay in touch with the work that you're doing? Yeah. So you can go to dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com and read and poke around and see what you think. You can download our app from the app store or from the Google play store. You can listen to stories for free before you make any sort of decision as to whether you want to pay. You could also use a code from this podcast. You can get 30 days free. So you can really explore the entire library for 30 days free. So if you go to dipsystories.com slash egram, E-G-R-A-M, you'll get 30 days free already kind of entered for you and you can explore. And what we know with Dipsy is really important is expectation setting matters. Like you're going to find what you like and you're going to avoid what you don't like. So it's a safe space to figure it out. You can follow us on TikTok. We've got an amazing TikTok. Our team does an amazing job there. And you can follow us on Instagram, both Dipsy Stories. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gina, for coming on and having Thanks this conversation. Having Total pleasure. Yeah. Could talk for five more hours. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.